Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman Stubbs and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck Batman. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. And welcome, everyone, back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs. And back with us again in lieu of our co-host with the co-most, Spencer Simpson, is Travis Grossman. What's up, y'all? Hey, buddy. Glad to have you back on. Spencer is going on another adventure this week, so we are without his uh, lovely company. But expect to hear from him next week for our Spider-Man Far From Home review, uh, because Travis and I will be seeing that at the time of this recording. Yeah, tomorrow night. Recording this Monday right after Dewback, as you guys know. So, yeah, Travis, how was your week, buddy? Oh, man, I've had a ride of a week. You had a ride of a week. A lot of work stuff. My, I have a vacation next weekend I'm going on. Uh, I'll be back for the review. I'll be back on Monday. Oh, you better be. But uh, I like to date, getting those days approved was a chore. And then through all of that, I, I had the most cinematic of experiences. <laughs> I work at our local Walmart. I pass through our electronics section very often. And in the wall of films, like the Blu-ray movies, one caught my eye. The man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. The Bigfoot. The Bigfoot. And of course, you immediately, your first thought is, how? Not, like, this looks neat. What is this? How? How? Who had this idea? Who conceived this film? So, of course, I rented it on Amazon and watched it. Uh, it is, oh man, it's a trip. It's such an acid. Like, the first hour is this interesting, like, old man living his life. By the way, the lead actor is Sam Elliott. Yeah, keep that in mind. This is a festival film with Sam Elliott about a man who kills Hitler and then Bigfoot. But it's like this old, like, World War II vet recounting how he tracked down the real Hitler and killed him. And then about an hour of the way through the movie, when he tells that story, an FBI agent tells him, yeah, that's cool, but Bigfoot's spreading the plague. Go kill him. (laughs) Naturally. Like a Bigfoot does. And if I need to sell this movie to you, when he goes to kill Hitler, right, he gets to a Nazi compound. He's disguised as a Nazi. He walks in. they, They pat him down. They check him. And he signs the signing book, Uncle Sam A. Then proceeds to walk to Hitler's office and hand him an envelope that has an I want you poster in it. And then he shoots Hitler in the head. That's This is... He's not a sniper. He's not a covert up. It's the opposite he's, of covert. He's a, he's a propaganda spreader that managed to somehow get within an arm's grasp of Hitler. I don't know how that got conceived. And that's excluding all of the Bigfoot scenes, which are just literally had to have been conceived by drugs. 
Slave by Drugs. I like it. Go go watch this movie if you want to have a good time. I mean, it's pretty mediocre otherwise, unfortunately. Like, it's not even the room level. But there's there's some there's some gems in there. I don't know. Just the premise alone, you have my attention. It's it's a good time. You're gonna pause this real. All right, back after a little quickie uh, double checking of making sure everything sounds all right. But yeah, uh, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Uh, Go is gonna be an Oscar winner sure. someday. I mean, it was out last year. I think I missed it. So. Oh no! Oh, that yeah. breaks that breaks my heart. It's, uh, it's like four bucks on Amazon to rent it. It's honestly worth the four bucks. Just to say you've done it. How was your week? My week was uh, pretty decent. You know me, just working, uh, doing the do-back-do. Not much going on. Family's back in town for a little bit. And, yeah, doing that, working, and uh, trying to get ready for uh, Wizard World and Steel City Con. So, not much going on there. And with that... We are going to hop right into some comic book, movie, and TV news, because that's what you guys came for. And for once in our lives, we are not bogged down with uh, that many sidebars yet. Is Mike breathing? Is he alive? Yeah, he's here. Okay, he gives a little shuck of I think he ascended a little bit. <laughs> he ascended a little bit. He's back. We brought him back. Okay, good. He's, he's, he's old. Over there. All right. Well, our first story here uh, is that uh, coming from Ryan Coogler. Hold on. Is this story way older than I thought it was? Uh, I've got it dated as the 30th, so like yesterday. Okay. I was just making sure. I was like, I got struck dyslexic for a second and it looked like it was an old story. Good. So yeah, this is uh, yesterday from comicbook.com. Ryan Coogler now working on Black Panther 2 story. There is no question that Black Panther was an undisputed hit for Marvel Studios, joining their $1 billion, $1 billion club. God? <laughs> the, the, the dangers of having a big group podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike, your face as your phone went off. Uh, there's no question Black Panther was an undisputed hit for Marvel Studios, uh, joining their $1 billion club with an impressive box office. And ever since the film premiered to critical and fan acclaim, take it easy, buddy. I'll see you later. Um, not to mention Oscar nominations, fans have been eager to get a sequel in the world of Wakanda. It didn't take long for Marvel to announce Black Panther 2 was in the works, but it's, uh, but there's been little development since then. We now know that Ryan Coogler is at work on the sequel on Black Panther, according to Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige himself. While speaking with BET about the potential for Killmonger's return, Feige shot that rumor down but confirmed a big piece of news in the process. The honest answer to that is that it is pure rumor and speculation because Mr. Coogler is just only in recent weeks sitting down at his keyboard and beginning to outline the movie. It's early, so nothing is is set yet in any way that far because Mr. Coogler is sitting down and will share it with uh, Nate Moore, the producer, and myself in the coming weeks. Ooh, we got numbers for Dubek real quick. Oh, wow. Hey, we are close to a thousand right now Woo-hoo. for Holly Heroes. Yeah, the message just came in. Thank you to the now 
976 of you poor bastards who are listening to this. That is quite the shoot-up. I, uh, that, that, that was completely because of you. Of course. Of course. Look at this face. This is a face for radio. <laughs> I, I've made that joke so many times, and I've had I, I've either had people not get the joke or go, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right." Like, thanks, you asshole. My family comes from broadcasting. Kugler uh, is taking his time and just making sure he gets Black Panther two just right. As he himself explained when it was announced he was returning to write and direct the movie, he spoke with IndieWire about the pressure of following up a critical and commercial blockbuster, hoping to live up to expectations. I think the pressure is kind of always going to be there, Kugler said. I've had a chance to make three feature films. Each one of them had its own very specific type of pressure. In the process of it, it feels insurmountable each time. Uh, When it comes to making a sequel, I've never done it before. A sequel to something that I've directed myself, he added. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure there. What we're going to try to do is really just focus on the work like we always do. Really try to go step by step and try to quiet everything else around us, really focus on trying to make something that has some type of meaning. Feige spoke with Entertainment Weekly last year at the premiere, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's just stuff uh, from last year about the premiere of Black Panther. So, A, I'm glad to hear that uh, Eric Killmonger won't be making a return, even though I, Michael B. Jordan was amazing yeah. as Eric Killmonger. Um Unless it's like the spirit realm that like they entered, I don't think seeing it would Killmonger again would make sense at all. Um, there was also rumors that Donald Glover would appear in Black Panther two, but again, like he's already playing Aaron Davis. Yeah. So unless like for some reason Aaron, Aaron Davis, Davis goes to Wakanda, um, they're gonna have that hoop to jump through. But regardless, uh, very exciting to hear about a Black Panther sequel. Um, especially in the new landscape post Endgame, I think just the pro- the prospect of anything after Endgame immediately interests me. Like even projects like um, the Eternals and Shang Chi, that like I don't have a huge investment in those characters. Same, but like because it's, it's post Endgame, I want to live in this world. Yeah. So yeah, that's very exciting. Um, I am a, a huge Ryan Coogler fan. Uh, agreed. I, I loved Black Panther. I really loved Creed. Uh, man, I just want all of Black Panther two to be in one ch- like one shot. Just one, one long, yeah, God, the, the big circle it. shot during the and, fight. Yeah, any single take action scene I can get, I just eat up. Oh yeah, so I was like a total slut for Daredevil. Just you know the Nuts. every g- give me give me a corridor to fight in, and I'm happy. Uh, Travis, you want to take the lead on the Black Widow set leaks? Oh boy. Oh boy. Gotta open it. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so there were two in there. I've got this one from Gizmodo. Got this one here from Gizmodo. Even more Black Widow set pictures. He's a mysterious villain. The casting room is for the attorney. Oh wait, no, that's a. Uh, oops. New set photos from Black Widow reveal a mysterious costume character. Several outlets suggest maybe Taskmaster. Should I read this whole list, or should we just talk about Taskmaster? Because uh, they, they mentioned Spymaster, Darkhawk. I guess I'm reading it. Night, yeah. Thra- Night Thrasher. Or a host of other nefarious masked Marvel mercenaries. Try saying that three times fast. 
Yeah, very much so. So the first round of pictures here, um, or like the second one down in this article from Gizmodo, um, this was the first one that got out, and it just looked blue and purple. So a lot of people immediately all went to Darkhawk, which I totally, like I, I saw yeah. that and went, is that supposed to be Taskmaster? Because it looks like Darkhawk. Now, we got the other ones that had what looked like a little bit more of an orange highlight going on to them, as well as another picture here. Um, I think it's this one. There's a better quality one where it looks like there is like a T on his shoulder plate. I think it's in the other article. Um, but... Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, that was the pre- the prevailing rumor um, that there was going to be it was going to be Taskmaster. Um, I think it's in here that there is uh, the better picture of it. Um, but the, the, it looks like there's an orange T on the shoulder plate in one of the pictures. It may not be in one of those articles. You might have to Google that one. I don't see an orange T, but I do see orange trim. I also didn't notice the first time looking through. I didn't notice the hood. But now that I see the hood, yeah, it makes a lot more sense. Well, I mean, I'm excited. Like again, I Marvel. Marvel has a villain problem. Um, not, Marvel. I mean, and DC has a similar issue where most people know the villains that we've seen in other media, other than comic books, the best. So, because Marvel until recently has not had the massive movie universe until the like the past 10 years like with spider-man you know what marvel villains do you know green goblin doc ock sandman venom and then with x-men all you know is magneto pretty much so marvel over the years especially not having access to all of its villains has had to dig deep uh it said I don't think they could pick a better time to crank out Taskmaster. This this seems pretty perfect. Like, you know, he doesn't match up. He could have fit well, okay, in a Captain America movie, but I definitely think fighting fighting Nat's going to be pretty sweet. He pro- he, prov- he provides a much bigger threat as a one-on-one villain yeah, against exactly. um, Black Widow. Um, and also, I think it was talking about how we get kind of like a peek at when the movie could be taking place. Uh, in here, if you want to dig into that. Yeah, I was talking about, like, the cars and stuff that were in the shoot. Um, how there is a, uh, 2017 5 Series wagon, but is, yeah... In his expert opinion, it appears to actually be a new BMW. A 2020X5 could look like this, and I'm pretty positive it's an X5. Yeah. So So there's a lot of trying to figure out when this movie exactly is going to take place. Um, So that that would imply that it's in the five years? I hope it's in the five years. I... We saw a picture of Scarlett Johansson on set. It didn't look like she had any blonde in her hair at the time. I think she had her red hair. Um, now, if they're going to do... There's any number of things you could do with, like, you know, oh, maybe Natasha dyed her hair again, and by the time Endgame rolls around, it's like the roots are coming out yeah. again. Um, 
But I really, really, really would like to see some more content coming out during the five years. Um, I would like to see what Natasha's up to. I'd like to see the world living through the snap. Um, you know, not that I have many, if any, <laughs> complaints at all about Avengers Endgame. It's that we didn't get to see the world that was left in the wake of Thanos and the, um, uh, what was the name? The Decimation, I think is what they called it. I know. So yeah. It, I mean, I get why they can't call it the snap in universe. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but I would very much like to see that post apocalyptic Marvel universe for a little bit, you know, before the day was saved. And I think a black widow movie, um, just with its tone in and of itself is going to have to have a little bit of, um, darkness to it because you're dealing with, you know, spy assassin stuff. So I'm surprised how little like I've seen people online talk about wanting that five years because like it's interesting it'd be cool but everyone's talked about like how how are they gonna how do they how do they move on from half the population just coming back five years later yeah and then I think both are equally interesting yeah like I like the idea of living through the world where half the population poofed and then also living through the aftermath of everyone coming back. Exactly. Yeah, there's right. a whole lot of... There's a whole lot there to... There's, yeah, to, I mean, they could easily fit, like, Captain Marvel 2 into that five years as well. With totally. Just having... Absolutely. As I, I think a lot of Phase 4, and maybe even 5, is going to be in the five years, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, lots of cool stuff. Really excited for Taskmaster. He's one of my favorite... Um, underrated Marvel villains that I don't think gets anywhere near enough. He's making his way. He was in Spider-Man. Yeah, he was in the uh, Spider-Man PS4. Um, I liked his outfit in that. Um, He's he's one of my favorite designed characters. I really like... I mean, you guys know me. I like swords. I'm a slut for swords. So um, I like the idea of seeing like Nat trying to use like her electro batons in a fight with like him using his like big old broadsword. Um, looking forward to that. Moving right along here, uh, we have finally a little bit of confirmation about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse getting a sequel. Uh, there was no doubt that a sequel this is from uh, what is this, Game Informer, GameSpot. GameSpot, GameSpot rather, uh, from uh, Jeremy Winslow. There was no doubt that a sequel would be in the works when Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won both the Academy Award and the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature back in early 2019. Which it deserved. Very much so. But even despite the $375.5 million it has earned, there's now definitely confirmation a sequel is definitely coming. Producer Amy Pascal told told IO9 her team is back in the lab. This is her quote. We are definitely hard at work on the sequel. No release date or window was provided, nor did she divulge details about what's to come in the Spider-Verse sequel. We're only left with the news that we can't expect another film. Going forward, if there are, any, if there are more movies, I'm sure there will be surprises, co-director Rodney Rothman told GameSpot at the film's digital and Blu-ray release in March 2019, stating that an Australian Spider-Man was cut from Spider-Verse... In addition to more Spideys, we uh, may see the previous part, Peter Parker's Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire 
uh, in the Spider-Verse sequel. Uh, and Chris Miller said their appearance was something the team definitely talked about more than once and decided that ultimately there are many opportunities in the future. Pascal served as producer on the upcoming Spider-Man Far From Home, scheduled to debut in theaters on tomorrow, as well as other recent Spider-Man-related projects like Spider-Man Homecoming, Venom, and The Girl in the Spider's Web. Pascal also has production credits on Greta Gerwig's upcoming coming-of-age film, period drama Little Women slated to premiere on Christmas. So, I didn't get to see Spider-Verse in theaters. I actually only got to see it, I didn't have time to, and was not able to until, um, actually, the week... It was like the Sunday before Endgame came out. Oh, Wow. Well, that's a long time. I know. And I was pissed about it that I was like, finally, like, oh, hey, I have nothing going on this afternoon. I'm not going anywhere. Nothing is happening around me. I'm going and- to watch Spider-Man. I'm going to watch Into the Spider-Verse. And um, absolutely loved it. It, I mean, it literally dropped my jaw. Agreed. I, I walked out of the theater and I went with my, my buddy Zach. And he was like, yeah, man, what'd you think of it? And I was just... I was speechless. I, I couldn't audibly tell him how much I loved it. Uh, I think I think I liked it more than Infinity War. Spider-Verse. I think. Maybe. I it's I was absolutely blown away by it. I when people I remember people like say, oh, what's your favorite Spider-Man movie? I have a hard time counting Spider-Verse, not because it's animated, but like it is so incredibly different. I don't think you can compare it to the other it's, ones. Yeah, like and, and not not. I mean, I mean, granted, it's incredible. I don't want to say like it's so, but I don't want to say it's so amazing you can't compare it. It just exists on a different plane. That like it, it, you you just can't put it next to those because it's it's like comparing apples and oranges. Like it's it's very different from the rest of its um, Spider Man movie ilk. That said, the post credit scene excited the hell out of me. Um, I love Spider-Man 2099. My cousin, Pierce, mm-hmm. uh, Pierce loves 2099 as well. And um, during that little, like, once the credits stopped rolling, like, meanwhile, in New Wave of York, I, like, I yelled. Like, I was yeah. alone in my nana's basement. I went, oh! Like, I knew it was going to be... Uh, I was I was wondering Miguel. the whole time. I'm like, where, where is he? Yeah, like, there's 2099, yeah. I, I went in pretty, like, uninformed. Like, I knew I knew who the main ones that were going to show up were. Yeah, I didn't know but, if there were going to be any extras. Like, up until the, like, final couple trailers, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go see it. It's not going to be worth my time. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something I'd be into. And then I was like, that's a Spider-Man movie. I might as well see it. Yeah. And then that was the one thing, the whole movie, I'm like... Where is he? Where's 2099? He's, he's the easy include. Yeah. Well, I mean, 2099, you know, that's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a much safer bet than like Penny Parker or Peter Porker. Um, you know, <laughs> you're the one who showed me the, oh, the that takes some, yeah. John Mulaney just, you've only been Spider-Man for two days? I've been Spider-Man for 30 fucking years. <laughs> you if you, bastards. If you guys haven't seen, so John Mulaney got, brought on for this movie, not being told what it was, did several takes of, like, improv lines where he uses very uh, obscene language, and then afterwards realized, like, hey, what's this movie supposed to be rated? Hold on. 
It's trying uh, to find it. But yeah, I mean, they set up a sequel at the end of the film, and it's... You got it? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll play the John yeah. Mulaney outtake here. I was just trying to fill time. Damn right. Oh, you bastards. And how the f*** is he going to do that? And how the f*** exactly is he going to do that? Two days. <laughs> I've been spotting him 30 years. <laughs> That's the one I want on a shirt. I've been spotting him for 30 fucking years. Um, oh, man. I would pay top dollar for the uncensored 30 seconds. A- absolutely. Um, but no, so have you read the Spider-Verse comic? Like, I, the, the, the story the movie's loosely based off of? I have not. I wouldn't even say loosely based off of. There have always been stories about, like, interdimensional yeah. Spider-Man. Um the, the, the story in the comics that it takes its namesake from into the Spider-Verse was a – so basically there is a family of interdimensional vampires that are feasting on spider people. And 2099 is among the first to recognize this threat and then begins to assemble an army of all of the spider people. So he brings in – um, this was the first appearance of Spider-Gwen. He brings in Spider-Gwen. He brings in uh, Captain Britain, who is Spider-Man in that one of those dimensions. So that's where the Spider-UK, mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Punk. Um, he brings in Noir. He brings in um, – he travels through time and brings Superior Spider-Man into the mix as well as actual Peter Parker. Um, and this is just a total, just absolute who's who of the Spider-Family yeah. um, in the process. It's a very, 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 very fun story. Very out there. Um, it's probably one of my favorite Spider-Man stories. It's tied, if not slightly behind, Superior Spider-Man of like Spider-Man stories of the past decade for me um, that I really liked. That said, um, I was slightly disappointed when I saw Miguel O'Hara wasn't in it. And that was like kind of like my only one complaint where I was like, okay, I yeah, you had room for Peter Porker. And again, like it's like a huge John Mulaney yeah. fan. Like I'm not complaining that Spider Ham, as played by John Mulaney, ex- fucking exists. The priorities, but yeah, where's 2099 and the whole thing with him saying, you know, where are you going to start? Implies that like we have something to do here. Um, so I hope that like they just go all in on like just a weird story and just go for it with I, this. I think comic movies in general now feel safer doing that too like even if without the background like the mcu has yeah you know because they they know now that like it's such a mainstream thing to at least enjoy watching comic book movies that like yeah we can do the weird shit now if it's good do it weird you know like that's the thing is that like if you don't it's why i'm so excited for tomorrow man yeah, I don't. Oh, dude! After what I I I got a little something something spoiled for me about Spider Man Far From Home. I won't talk about it on the air with you guys, but whenever we do the review, I'll tell you guys what got spoiled for me. Um, this is two Marvel movies in a row because I got uh, Oof. I got Sam, oh, yeah. I got Sam becoming oh. Captain America spoiled for me about it. Yeah, yeah, you did tell me that. I, I just saw like a random screenshot of like Sam holding oh, the shield sure. in front of an old man, and I was like, no fucking way. Um. But, uh, yeah, also speaking of that, I didn't include it just because it was a very brief story. Um, apparently, we were supposed to see Sam Wilson as Captain America for the first time in Far From Home, but they cut that. Oof. Not even from the movie, like, just they like, took it out of the script early yeah. on. But that was supposed to be a thing. Um, but, yeah, so there's a little two for one story. Um, 
But yeah, nonetheless, very excited for a Spider-Verse sequel. I think whenever they whenever they announce that movie is coming, that'll probably shoot to the top of my most anticipated movies that year. Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you want this next one from the uh, now former, uh, sorry about that, bud, the movie trivia team's Movie, Schmoda, movie trivia Schmodown teams champion Jeff the Insider Snyder here about uh, Selma Hayek in the Eternals. I gotta get that plug. Snyder's one of my favorites. I do that every time with Spencer. I gotta, I gotta celebrate the Insider. Selma Hayek in talks to join Avengers. Uh, Angelina Jolie in Marvel's The Eternals. <laughs> Avengers Jolie. I see a in a Marvel story, and I'm like, it's got to be Avengers. Right? <laughs> join Avengers Jolie. That's her new name. Avengers Jolie. Uh. I love Selma Hayek. I've always loved Selma Hayek. <laughs> this man is actually just a stalker of Selma Hayek. You know, um, Collider's own sources have confirmed that Selma Hayek, the Selma Hayek, is in talks to play a significant role in The Eternals. Whose talented director, Chloe... I don't want to offend by trying to, by mispronouncing her. Zhao. I think it's just Zhao. It's putting together quite the cast. Oscar winner Angelina Jolie remains in talks to star as an eternal named Circe alongside uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, Kumail Nanjiani. You you made your way through that. Spencer had a slight heart attack when he looked at that before. (laughs) He looked at it and I I told him, I was like, hey, the next story is yours, bud. And he like, (laughs) he knew what was in the show notes and he looked at it and just went, oh no. Because he he's, he gets terrified about pronouncing yeah. names, and it's so I, adorable. I always feel bad pronouncing them wrong. Speaking of, uh, Ma Dong's Silk. Yeah, Ma Dong's Silk, yeah. Uh, and bodyguard sensation, Richard Madden, the latter of whom is set to play group leader Icarus. Hayek's role remains a mystery, and I'm not familiar enough with the comic to wager an educated guess. Same, bro! <laughs> Marvel deep lore in general is not my forte, and especially something like The Eternals, I I couldn't tell you. This is one of those things why I'd have a free weekend with Disney Plus and be like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll turn this on. Yeah. You I know? mean, I think it's going to be a movie, so... Oh, is it a movie? Yeah. Ooh. Then never mind. It's, hey, I got a free weekend. I'm going to go to the cinema. <laughs> go to the cinema. Go to the movie theater. Uh, anyway, Kevin Feige is producing The Eternals, which Zhao is directing from a script written by Matthew and, Ra- and Ryan Furpo, which brings me to The Hollywood Reporter. Now, I'm not saying that this is happening, but as a Marvel observer, I wouldn't be shocked if we learned of another writer coming in to punch things up. It's kind of Marvel's way. Uh... We're trying to find... Not just pandering over uh, how great these actors are, which they deserve absolutely. Yeah. Well, a lot of it's just referencing like previous works that a lot of these yeah. folks have been in, and how um, it'd be great to have them in the yeah in the no. Marvel roster, which I absolutely agree. yeah. I am very. I am. I'm not worried by any means. I'm, I haven't been worried about a Marvel movie since Guardians of the Galaxy one. <laughs> I had a week of worry before Infinity War, and then that was put to rest um, very quickly. But um, I am so shocked by this massive cast that they are putting together for Eternals. Like, Angelina Jolie, okay. Kamel Nanjiani, who's becoming a very, very prolific comedic actor. 
uh, Rob Stark <laughs> with uh, Madden and now uh, Salma Hayek. At, at, that's a big cast. Like, that is... Like, this is Disney... I mean, I don't want to say that I think they're putting all of their chips on attracting a big crowd because of names, but I think they're recognizing this is such a not well-known property. We're going to sink so many names into this that, like, you have to recognize that this is worth seeing. Um, Which is a, probably the smartest business move. Yeah, totally. Have right now. And I hope that they do some, I you know, again, it's the Eternals, so it's going to be spacey and weird and cosmic and it's going to feel really comic booky and they've brought on a huge cast of people that i don't think they could have made a better decision about with regards to just how big and you know the amount of star power they have going into this is a very interesting lineup i mean i know that the rumors you know there wasn't exactly a rumor about who uh kamel nanjiani might be playing initially um but like the interview, the uh, article from Jeff Snyder said, there it, it the Angelina Jolie and um, Richard Madden uh, casting rumors came with it being Cersei and Icarus respectively. Um, so like I said, no, nothing but excitement for this moving forward. Um, we got our token not Marvel story. Because <laughs> it's always Marvel on this show, and we don't try to do it that way, but that's what happens. Um, this is from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Sandman TV series, not Flint Marco, uh, from Neil Gaiman and David Goyer with huge price tag, a go at Netflix. Uh, the drama from Warner Brothers TV landed at the streamer with what sources describe as a massive financial commitment and DC Entertainment's most expensive TV foray ever. Neil Gaiman's beloved Vertigo comic, Sandman, is finally coming to the screen. More than three years after New Line's failed attempt to turn the graphic novel into a feature film, Netflix has signed what sources describe as a massive financial deal with Warner Brothers, uh, with Warner Brothers Television to adapt the bestseller into a live-action television series. Sources familiar with the pact note that it is the most expensive TV series that DC Entertainment has ever done. The drama has officially been picked up with an 11-episode order. Alan Heinberg, Wonder Woman and ABC's The Catch and Grey's Anatomy, is set to write and serve as showrunner on the straight-to-series drama. Gaiman, who created the ongoing monthly comic, will executive produce alongside David Goyer. Gaiman and Goyer are both attached to the New Line's most recent attempts at a Sandman movie. Gaiman and Goyer and Heinberg will co-write the premiere. We're thrilled to partner with the brilliant team that is Neil Gaiman, David S. Goyer, and Alan Heinberg to finally bring Neil's iconic, iconic comic book series, The Sandman, to life on screen, said Channing uh, Dungry, uh, the VP of Originals at Netflix. From its rich characters and storylines to its intricately built-out worlds, we're excited to create an epic original series that dives deep into the multi-layered universe beloved by fans across the world. The Netflix take response represents the first Sandman TV series after numerous attempts to adapt Gaiman's horror fantasy and mythology tale about Morpheus, the Lord of Dreams, and the Endless, the powerful group of siblings that include destiny, death, destruction, despair, desire, and delirium, as well as dream. Attempts to turn Sandman into a feature film franchise started all the way back in the 90s with Warner Brothers, the parent company of Vertigo, uh, the former imprint of DC Comics. 
The project went through multiple incarnations of writers in the 90s and early 2000s and eventually toiled away in development purgatory. Gaiman, whose work has been adapted for TV with stars American Gods and Amazon's Good Omens, announced it's uh, announced in late 2013 that he was uh, teaming with Joseph Gordon-Levitt for a feature film that wound up being set up at Warner Brothers' own New Line Cinema. Gordon-Levitt was set to oh lost my place. This was uh, set for a feature. Where did it go? Gordon Levitt was set to star and direct before bailing on the film following creative differences with the studio in March of 2016. Eric Heiser, uh, the last screenwriter attached to New Line Sandman, said in November 2016 that he was no longer involved. So this, uh, kind of like a Deadpool story, you know, kind of um, the same way Deadpool just got kind of tossed around, kicked around, um, and was just kind of stuck in development hell. Uh finally catching a break i think doing sandman um i haven't read it personally but i am familiar with the story um it's one of those i haven't read it myself but i've watched um you know your the sandman explained kind of videos um very interested yeah uh, lots of recaps very excited to see what comes from this i think a television series is the best way to go with a story like this i think it is too broad and too big to try to do in just a handful of films so, very, very excited for this. I've been meaning to watch Good Omens. I've heard nothing but good things about Same. it. Did you hear about the little mini controversy about Good Omens last week or the week before? Uh, maybe. Is so, like, a group of, like, Christian fundamentalists got pissed off about... it makes demons look nice or whatever? So, that's what they got pissed off about, okay. was that it was, it, was, it, was, you know, it was blasphemous or whatever. And uh, people set... Then like all these like angry uh, Christian people who um, weren't you know not, not not angry Christian people is like a monolithic group, but um, a group of people who wanted something to be angry about who happened to be ill-informed Christian people uh, started a petition for Netflix to cancel Good Omens. Um, only issue is that it it's is an Amazon Prime show, <laughs> and Amazon Prime. Uh, or Netflix uh, saw that this story was gaining traction and uh, the official Netflix Twitter was like, we will get right on that. We will make we will do our best to cancel Good Omens. Um, and then the Amazon Prime Twitter account shot back at that and said something to the effect of um, we'll cancel Good Omens when Netflix cancels Stranger Things. <laughs> so it turned into a whole thing and everybody involved got a uh, teased and made fun of but you know what if you're gonna talk shit you should know what you're talking about so with that gotta take your goofs you gotta take your goofs you did an oopsie uh travis you want to talk about the end game re-release box office and then we get to, uh, that can be some of our discussion here today so avengers endgame won't top avatar at the worldwide box office from forbes by scott mendelson the must the much-discussed and debated reissue of Avengers Endgame earned a perfectly okay $5.5 over the weekend in North America. Its 10th weekend went up at around 189% from last weekend's $1.9 million gross. Its per-screen average went from $2,018 per theater in 985 auditoriums to twenty-seven sixteen in 2025 auditoriums. So yeah, I got a bump for sure, but it wasn't exactly the earthquake that hardcore MCU fans were hoping for. The film has now earned 
$841.3 million in North America from that initial $357 million domestic debut in late April. That gives Avengers 4, it's weird seeing it like that, the 2.35x <laughs> weekend to final multiplier. That's still the lowest multiplier for a $200 million plus opener, but obviously, obviously... The leggiest run ever for a $300 million plus opener, and it's now just above Iron Man 3 and just below Avengers Age of Ultron and Iron Man 2 in terms of legs. At the very least, the reissue will let the Russo Bros directed epic avoid becoming one of the very least leggy MCU movies in domestic release. Since the movie never actually left theaters, you can argue <laughs> that this... Which I didn't even realize. Well, I, I knew that it didn't leave hours, but I was kind of like, oh, well, bigger theaters are going to want to get more stuff in there, so sure. But part of me was like, there has to be a lot of theaters that are still showing Endgame. But, you know, money. Uh, the only that matters if it moves... I'm trying to find numbers for... Actual Avatar. Because this one I added uh, post you hitting the record button, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I added it uh, right before Michael got here um, for earlier. But still, unfortunately, uh, you know, like I said, Endgame isn't going to crack Avatar out of that top spot. It happens. Hopefully the rest of Skywalker can do it. Um, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I know, wishful thinking. But... Um, yeah, so you didn't see it, but you're aware of what's in it. So. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite have the time. The only showing I could have been to would have put me here, like around eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have time for that. Um, and since you already knew it wasn't that big of a deal, yeah. I did see it this past weekend. Um, I did get a nifty little poster out of it. Uh, however, um, the extra footage is not that much to write home about. Um, there was a really sweet tribute to Stanley, uh, which I got verklempt while watching. Uh, there was a deleted scene, as promised. Now, uh, we here at the Hall of Heroes podcast are uh, respectable journalists and are prepared to say when we were wrong. And when we thought we were going to see Catherine Langford as older Morgan Stark, we said that with a certain amount of uh, certainty, and we were wrong. Um, the deleted scene was Hulk um, just before being uh, summoned. Yeah, yeah, right before being conscribed, basically, to help with the time heist. Um, basically saving the, rescuing people from a burning building. And then after saving the people, he gets a phone call. You know, and it, it, it's the classic one-sided telephone call, uh, to quote, oh, hello, uh, where he answers the phone. He goes, it's Banner, what's up? Uh, who's here to see me? Steve who? What? Scene ends. Um, which is, hi, hi, Train. Thank you for invading the show. Um, there's really... How was, how was your week, Train? <laughs> Choo-choo. Um, so yeah, that, that was nice. I mean, it was a cool scene. I just, you know, I was, I was hoping to see the Soulstone scene that was cut with Catherine Langford. Um, see, I'm kind of happy it wasn't in there just because I would have been real upset if I didn't see it. But, <laughs> well, if someone had paid another $20 to see Endgame, I wanted to see it. Um, and then after that, there was a post-credit uh, clip from Far From Home. Yeah. 
Uh, very much in the same way where like they just kind of showed a little bit of a scene of Thor in the end of Iron Man 2 or like a little bit of Civil War at the end of Ant-Man. Yeah, um, same vein. Yeah, same vein where they just okay. they just showed a scene. Um, the scene was uh, Maria Hill and Nick Fury walking through a uh, destroyed town in Mexico um, and then looking around... Uh, Maria Hill says, I don't know why we're here. Nick Fury says, the locals said that they saw a storm with a face. Uh, Maria Hill says, well, people say, uh, people see things during a disaster, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Mysterio appears before Nick Fury and Maria Hill as, um, one of the elementals forms just behind them. Uh, Maria Hill and Nick Fury open fire at it. And then Mysterio says his line from the trailer with the whole, uh, um, what is I, like the you know you don't want to you don't want any part of this? He shoots out the energy bolts and then Spider-Man: Far From Home in theaters right after this movie. In theaters, um, literally in a couple days. Yeah, in theaters now, basically. So that was the Far From Home, or that was the Endgame re-release. Um, I was kind of disappointed by it. Granted, I wasn't going in expecting that much, but I was disappointed it didn't have the scene with uh, little young, Mor- or uh, old, old grown-up Morgan. But it's alright. It might be on the... Um, hold on. Sorry. Text no our... forgiveness. Had to text our guest from the last show we just did ah. back. Um, but yeah, uh, moving right along, we have a more thorough list of Endgame reviews, or, uh, Far From Jesus, Home. Far From Home. Uh, so, currently, Spider-Man Far From Home is sitting at a comfy 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is with a 157 reviews in there. So, let's get to the reviews here. Oh, I can never navigate Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Me neither. There's no end. Uh, so this is from Peter Travers from Rolling Stone. There's no end game in sight for Spider-Man: Far From Home, as played by Brit uh, Wonderkind Tom Holland in a whoosh of boys enthusiasm and lovesick angst. Uh, Spidey is flying higher than ever in a thrill ride that's bursting with laughs and real deal surprises. He gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, this was a out of a this is a 3 out of 4 from Anne Hornet uh, Hornaday from the Washington Post. Both uh, plottiness Peter accepting the adult responsibilities that Tony prepared him for and finally getting on MJ's vibe unfold and intersect with uh, chipper efficiency in Far From Home. Uh, yeah. So this is it's getting good reviews all around. Um, lots people of three are loving out of fours, it. Yeah, lots of four out of fives. Yeah. Uh, I know Chris Stuckman gave it a B plus. Uh, his review was really good. Um, I'm very the Lord and Savior. Oh hell yes, 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 yes. He's the man. He's the reason why I know about Samurai Cop and invoke it so often. Um. Yeah, uh, Far From Home, getting good reviews. I've heard a lot of people say better than Homecoming. Um, and like we said last week, we've heard some people say better than Spider-Man do. So we're going to see. That, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, a hefty, that's a hefty claim. 
I feel like it's... Spider-Man 2 just has so much weight and, like, covers such a specific topic. Yeah. Spider-Man. They, to be better than it implies that it covers the same thing, right? And I don't think... It kind of does. Right? I mean, looking covering... at it, it's like the, the want to just be like, Jesus, I just want to stop doing this. Yeah. Like, that aspect like, of I, it. I can't live up to this... What yeah. I need to be, what Tony wants, wanted me to be, right? But get those vibes from the trailer. Uh, well, Travis, you happen to be on the show uh, on a week where we do this kind of thing. So the week or the show before a movie comes out, we do a little prediction cast at the end for our discussion topic. Oh, boy. So I will give you the floor to riff on your predictions as of now. I don't have many. I try to go into these with, like, as open of a mind as possible. I mean, that's how Infinity War kind of got punched me. Because, yeah. you know, not keeping up with the news for a little bit, I didn't realize that there was still going to be technically an Infinity War Part 2. Yeah. And was at a point realizing, wow, this movie's really long credits. Yeah. Uh, Thanos won. What happens now? Oh, oh my god. They, I have to wait a fucking year. The Mad Lads actually did it. Uh, so for Far From Home, I mean, obviously Mysterio is going to end up being the, the actual factual villain. No surprise. You think so? He's actually going to... I think. I think he's making the Elemental show up with tricks to make himself look good in this universe and that something's going to happen. He's, he's going to be a dick. Right? That's the... I want to be wrong. Honestly. You want Mysterio to be like, you want Quentin Beck to actually be a good guy. I think it'd be interesting. It'd be like... Well, like maybe he starts a good guy and then Yeah, exactly. Like, not not the classic, he's been bad the whole time. You know, surprise me. Yeah, that'd be interesting for Uh, sure. I've heard a lot of the the speculation I've seen is, wow, this opens up the multiverse idea and could be Spider-Verse. And I think, I don't know, maybe we see a cameo from... Uh, previously mentioned Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. I'd shit my pants if that happened. <laughs> well, I remember... Uh, what did Spencer say? Spencer had like a wild prediction going into... Um, I can't remember what it was. He and I both kind of like have an unofficial rule that we'll like give a handful of like legit predictions and then just have like a pie-in-the-sky the, one. Yeah, just... Um, Off-the-wall batshit. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would... I gotta be careful how I put this. The only off-the-wall batshit prediction I would have made that I would be like, ooh, there's no way this would happen is the week I saw. And you haven't told me what it is. And I haven't wait. told you what it is. I, yeah. I'm gonna wait, like, at least 14, 15 hours before I figure out. Oh, yeah. I'll um, tell you the moment it happens. Um... So I'm gonna get chest slapped, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna get shaken and chest slapped, and the whole, um, yeah. So okay, prediction time. Uh, far from home prediction cast. I think we will see. I don't think. Okay, I think this is the be- new beginning of Shield. I think by the end of the movie. Um, Nick Fury might try to conscribe Spider-Man as to being like a new S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. 
Do you think and, we're going to see like proper Spider-Man working for Shield by the end of this? Yeah, to a certain extent. Like I think like he will be like an on-call Shield agent. Okay. We're like, okay, do your normal Spider stuff, but when we need you, but like when the shit hits the, the fan and you're nearby, get your narrow ass up here. Um, your narrow ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Queen's ass you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think you're gonna see, we're gonna see some of that. I think. Huh. I am gonna go with the safe prediction that Mysterio is the baddie. Is the baddie. However, I don't think that Quentin Beck is going to reveal himself until the last last second. I think like the movie is going to on a dime turn. Like, I, I truly think we were going to be lulled into, like, a false sense of security with Quentin. And then, boom, shooting the energy shit at Peter. Um, I think... Can I have my off-the-wall prediction now? Oh, yeah, totally. There's two Quentin Becks. Ooh! That's my... That's my galaxy brain. Is that... Okay, do you think... Do you think Quentin is telling the truth about the multiverse? Um, I mean, he kind of has to. He doesn't have to be, but like... Well, because you could make an argument that like the time travel quantum stuff is different from an actual multiverse. To bring in my, the true love of my life, Dragon Ball, into this. (laughs) Up until like Super, where they were like, yeah, there's 12 universes. It was just assumed that all the timeline splits that Trunks caused... Were different universes, yeah, right? like different dimensions, which is how I think they're going to treat the timelines. Um, and in Quentin Beck's that we've seen, he might be the good guy, right? Um, and then there's a Quentin Beck in MCU land, in the MCU line that sees this is like, wait, I can do that, and I'm a dick. <laughs> So, uh, I like that a lot. That like one of it's, the that like the, the the Quentin Beck not from main yeah. MCU timeline is a good guy, and then there's an actual Mysterio in the MCU. It was my first already. thought, like when I saw the like lying in wait the trailers where they were like, yeah, he's working with them, and I was like, that seems shady. And then and then the 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 trailer that had the spoiler warning in the front. Yeah. Where they mentioned the multiverse, and I'm like, there's two Quentin Becks. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> that'd be interesting. That's my go-to. I don't know if it's right. It seems pretty crazy. I'm game for that. I'm very interested in that. Um, I think, since we have not seen... Since we have not seen Spider-Man have to necessarily uh, deal with the whole he's a menace to society thing. Ooh. Um, I think... How do I put this? I think that something might... Be it because Spider-Man is just going deuces for like a month, presumably, and just kind of vanishing... Again, <laughs> uh, I think between that and maybe seeing him then show up across the world, people go, 
kind of look at him and go, well, what authority does he have? In a different way than the Avengers. Because the Avengers yeah. like very much went, oh, here's this very specific huge threat that like normal law enforcement or military can't handle. handle. Yeah. You know, um, granted a couple of those were their own fault, but still. Yeah, uh, well, whereas like Spider-Man just like showing up in Europe to fight whatever, you know, there's however many number of other people. Why do you feel the like that he feels a lot more like a vigilante than the other heroes? Well, like, the other heroes have this uh sense of how do I put it? Like, there's like a level of um, qualification to deal with these big threats where he's just kind of showing up, like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. Hey, um, Mr. Stark. Yeah, like he's just kind of showing up for shit. Um, so I think that by the end of the movie, we might even, we might see. Um, do you think we'll get Spider-Man become like we'll get Brandon a JJ? Menace? Do you think we'll get a JJ in this movie? I hope we do. I almost said J.K. Simmons. By the way. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's oh man. I'm trying to think of like a wild prediction. What if? Oh, okay. Here's a good one. Do you think? Do you think? Oof. Was that a firework or a gunshot? Most likely a firework. I had him going off in by my house a lot recently, so. Here's open, right? That had a lot of bass to it. Yeah, it was close by. It's fine. I can subscribe for a murder <laughs> mystery. <laughs> I had to we get Spencer's in there. Yeah, we miss you. I hope you listen to this episode. Um, what do you, Okay, do you think... Because we got out of... With the exception of the other shocker... We got out of the homecoming with no villain fatalities. Um, Surprisingly, because that, that you, tends to be. Yeah. Do you think Mysterio is going to make it out alive? So, in in the event that it is just one Quentin Beck, I think maybe because like they set up at the end of homecoming, right? They set up maybe he dies or maybe he survives. You mean? Uh, I th- no, I think he's really betting. On. If, okay. If there's only one, he survives. And uh, they continue setting up what will become the Sinister Six. Because they've already yeah, kind of begun Vulture and Scorpion are already there. They've begun that process. Um, if there's two, right, uh, I think the good one dies and motivates <laughs> Peter to... Don't, don't read yes, this. Death is don't, no, no, no. Don't read this <laughs> meme out loud. <laughs> Where's Mike? <laughs> Mike, come read this meme out loud. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, oh, God. But, yeah, I think... So, there's two Quentin Becks you think, like, they'll, like, they'll, something will happen and, like, one will kill the other. I think, yeah, the good one dies and motivates Peter to, like... Something happens to Peter and he gets demotivated. The good one dies and is like, no, you can do this, I believe in you, and then... Peter Wright has his rising up scene that has to be in every Spider-Man movie. Yes. And, uh... Should be in every Spider-Man should movie. Should be, yeah. Um, and we'll beat New Mysterio, and then they lock him up. Because they don't really... I mean, we don't know exactly if he's using real factual sorcery or not. Yeah. I presume he is, but, like, they've... they've Gotta have some way, like he just get done. Well, they, the they never say in, like... Yeah, he could just be... He could just be a sorcerer. He could be someone with... 
powers that have like a little like kind of like kind yeah. of look to them. What if we're gonna put two of our theories together here? Oh boy! What if good Mysterio dies, bad Mysterio goes deuces. And, and frames Peter for it. Ooh. And now... I like it. S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and new, uh, new superhero, Mysterio, a.k.a. Quentin Beck, murdered by Spider-Man, is the headline. And then now Spider-Man has to, like, in the next one, work his reputation out of the toilet. That's a lot to set up for a sequel. Um... But certainly interesting. Just just a spitball theory. Yeah. Just that he's like framed for murder or some shit. Like like your with your theory if there's two Mysterios. Mysterio yeah, E. That could definitely be like, especially uh, you can do it in two ways. You can do it in the Shield knows but the public doesn't, and so Shield is like, whatever, like keep working with us, we'll we'll figure yeah. it out eventually. Or they can have it set up so that Peter doesn't trust Mysterio from the beginning, and it's the like, well, you didn't like him, and now he's dead. Yeah, where it's yeah, ooh, I don't think so though, because we see him confiding in Quentin, yeah, in the trailer, so he's probably on board with him from the jump. That's true. Because I, I mean, think he's that, like, I mean, it's it's Peter Parker. He kind of just is down with everyone. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot for Peter Parker to not like you. Um. So yeah, that is our. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home prediction cast. Uh, like I said, tomorrow, Travis and I will be seeing it. And then at some point when Spencer is back in town, Spencer will be seeing it. And then we will be reviewing that bad boy for your listening pleasure. Uh, oh, I've got a big old hair in my mouth. With that said, Spencer. Yes? <laughs> it's like calling a lover by your ex's name. Um, <laughs> Travis, where can the lovely people This is why I'm comic orgy here. I don't know what you mean by ex. Uh, you can find me. <laughs> oh, God. So in the ugly-ass, sweaty attic of that is my room. The uh, In the past week, which is what spurred me to watch The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, uh, I made a Twitter, at Travis Political. Uh, so if you don't like politics, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. But There will be comic book shit on there, there too. There will be. Uh, I mean, I'm going to, like... Probably rant and rave about how good Spider-Man is after we see it, with no spoilers, of course. Um, but yeah, at Travis Political on Twitter, best way to find me. How about yourself? Because uh, if you don't know. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. Uh, follow the cosplay group that Spencer and I are in, New Regime Cosplay. And be sure to like and follow Dubac Discussion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, be sure to listen to the other shows in the network. Check out Dubak Discussion, a Star Wars news theory and review show, very similar to this one, only we talk about Star Wars and not comic book stuff. I mean, sometimes it's Star Wars comic book stuff, but yeah, you know. Yeah, sometimes it is Star Wars comic books. You're very right. Uh, obviously, you already listened to the Hall of Heroes podcast. Thank you, all 976 of you. Uh, listen to the Gore and More podcast, which is a uh, horror movie club podcast with all sorts of really fun uh, interviews in there. Listen to the Jerk the Curtain podcast, an old school wrestling podcast. Uh, Down the Rabbit Hole, which is a fun hodgepodge of different topics. And our new show, Wicked Wednesdays. Uh, three guesses on when what day that show goes up on. 
Tuesday. <laughs> a wicked Wednesday on a Tuesday. Uh, no, that'd be uh, taking my do-back spot. Uh, with that, Travis, any closing thoughts, sir? Bring back the Quaaludes. This is the voice of the people. Bring back the fucking Quaaludes. Did you just get possessed by Mike Doling? <laughs> so this is a pro Quaalude podcast. Give a signs on a highway billboards years ago. I'd walk a mile for a camel, or he used to have cigarette commercials. The guy used to say, I'd walk a mile for a camel. Well, let me tell all you young people out there, the big man would walk 20 miles for a quaalude, let me tell you. <laughs> there was a drug back there in the late 70s and 80s, quaaludes, the good old Aurora 714, and they changed it to lemon, I tell you. I wish I had a couple of them fucking lemons now. That was the best fucking drug ever made. It was so fucking good. The government took them off the fucking market. But they were, they were putting the fucking drug dealers out of fucking business. <laughs> not narcotic. Not addictive. Bring back the fucking quaaludes. You can take all the fucking cocaine, marijuana, and all that. to bring back fucking quaaludes. <laughs> Listen to Dubac Discussion and the, the whole Dubac Network. Like him on Facebook and Instagram. On the, a the quaalude. Works. Do on it. <laughs> Alright, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in at the same bat time at the, <laughs> to the same bat channel. We love you guys 3,000. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mulan Rouge. Where's all my soul, sisters? Let me hear your flow, sisters. Hey, sister, go, sister, soul, sister, flow,
come through with the money in the garden bags. Let them know we bout that cake straight out the gate. Uh. We independent women, some mistake us for whores. I'm saying, why spend mine when I can spend yours? Disagree? Well, that's you, and I'm sorry. I'ma keep playing these cats out like a car. High heel shoes, getting love from the dudes. Four badass chicks from the Moulin Rouge. Uh. Hey, sisters, soul sisters. Better get that dough, sisters. We drink wine with diamonds in the glass by the case, the meaning of expensive taste. You wanna enjoy, enjoy, yeah, Come on, mocha chocolate. What? Rio Lady Mamu. Mr. Mina here. 